Making Money Not as a Teacher in Japan, episode number four. This week, I think I'll get it started myself, Deep Voice Guy. Welcome to the ALT Insider Podcast, dedicated to making you have the most fun possible while living or dreaming about living in Japan. Whether you've been here for years or are just starting to consider it, we've got you covered. And now, your host, broadcasting from somewhere in Japan, James. Hey guys, yes, it is James from ALTinsider.com coming at you with episode number 042 of the ALT Insider Podcast. And today I have yet another person that started his journey in Japan as an ALT and then ended up doing something completely different, which is working for a startup company. And with, he says it's equally exciting and equally stressful. But in this interview, we cover his ALT life, why and how he uh, made the change to do some other work, and you know, a whole lot of other stuff. So if you're interested in one day, trying to do something else in Japan, not just being an LT, give it a listen and hopefully you'll find something helpful in there. For the show notes on this one, head on over to altinsider.com forward slash podcast 44 and all the links of everything we mentioned in the episode will be there for you in convenient list form. Um, well, I got two emails actually I wanted to mention here, two emails in the last on all three days and one said they love this series, they want more, they want to hear more stories of people working in Japan, not teaching English. And another one said, get back to the ALT stuff. I mean, he said it nicer way, but that's what it basically was. So there's a problem though, since there's one of one from each camp, you know, the I like this, continue doing it camp, and there's one from the I don't like this, do only ALT stuff camp. So download numbers are up though, so I'm gonna assume the best for now. But if you have a thought either way, please send me an email, send me a Twitter. What do you think of the series? Should this series continue or not? It's totally up to you, you know. If if I get ten people that say they don't like it and I get two people that say they do like it, the series is over. So it's up to you. Send me an email, it could be one line, continue the series, end the series, kill the series, it's more dramatic. So Anyways, okay, let's get to the interview. I now present you with an interview with someone that was once an LT and is now working at Lang 8. His name is Jeff. Enjoy. Okay, guys, today I have a former ALT that is now doing some interesting work I want to share with you, and that person's name is Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing good. Thanks, Dan. Great, cool. So as a teaser, uh, why don't we share with everyone what you're doing right now? Oh, okay. So I'm currently working at a company called Lang 8, and we are working on an application for iPhone and Android and also the web that is basically a social network for language learners where you can teach your native language to other people and get answers to your language questions. And you are doing this all while working in Japan, correct? Yes, still in Japan. Okay, so we're going to end up going back to that, but let's start with the be- your beginnings in Japan. And when did you first come to Japan, and what did you do when you got there? Oh, so my first time in Japan was actually during college. I spent my junior year abroad in Kanazawa, studying at the University of Kanazawa, just studying Japanese. Okay. And then I went back, graduated, and then I spent four years in Miyazaki Prefecture as an ALT on the Japanese. There you go, four years. So how did you find the ALT job? I loved it. I mean, I was like really kind of out there. I was like up in the mountains, like an hour and a half drive from the big city in the nearest airport and stuff. And oh, so okay. I kind of got to, you know, do everything my way and everyone was really nice. Were you, were you utilized a lot in the classroom or you were, you know, there's kind of two extremes of doing everything yourself and being a tape recorder. Where would you fall on that scale? So I was actually in my, so I was in a small town that had one elementary school, one middle school, 
and then uh, kindergarten. And because I was the only person there, I got kind of passed around to all the different schools. And um, in elementary school, it was pretty much all me. I got to make the lesson plans and all the handouts and like pretty much run the whole class. And then at middle school, was a, I was more the like the actual assistant language teacher and kind of helping out. So uh, what was what was one of your go-to games that is easy to tell on in podcast form? Oh, actually, so like my favorite game of all, especially for elementary school, is called Popularity Contest, I guess. Okay, like, please explain. All right. So basically, you kind of ask around with the kids and find out what characters and like, I don't know, movie stars and people are popular right now. And then you get like 12 of them. You print out little pictures, throw some of those sticky magnets on the back. And then you line them up all along the board. And basically, you go around the classroom and you ask someone, who do you like? And they each say, like, I like Pikachu, I like Kirby, like, I like, what's his name, Honda, the soccer player. Yeah. And you like, and then you just, you give them all checks. And then after round one, the, like, half of the group with the least checks, they get taken off the board. And then you start round two. And so, like, as you go up, people have to change who they like because their characters get taken off. And eventually you pick your favorite character. Oh, like it's like the whole class's kind of favorite character. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty cool. Popular in the character. And it takes like exactly 50 minutes. Everyone sits down. Everyone gets kind of excited. So, um, so what would your advice be to any new ALTs? Like something you wish you knew before you started? Um, I guess, I mean, I feel like I, I heard this a lot. And then I'm saying the exact same thing. Like if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing... And if you kind of, like, want more stuff to do, like, definitely, definitely ask someone. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of times the other teachers seem very busy and kind of like they don't want to talk to you. But ultimately, I mean, if you guys are getting along and working better together, like, it definitely benefits them as well. That's for sure. Yeah, if you can find that, like, that little five-minute break on the way to class or after lunch or something to ask, like, what can I do to help? What can I do to contribute more to class? Like, at least in my experience, everyone was very kind of, like, helpful and gave me a lot of great feedback that way. Um, what, what was your, you said you were ALT for four years, correct? So that's one year short of the five. Yeah. So why, what made you make the change to not be an ALT anymore? Yeah, so that was, that was a really hard decision. It was, a lot of it was kind of, I guess, because I've always wanted to be a translator, just a Japanese to English translator. And I'd been doing a little bit freelance while I was working as an ALT online and stuff. Okay. And um, as I was doing that, I was kind of looking at all the jobs online, like all the like maybe like the video game companies, the tech companies I wanted to work at. And they were all like, we need like three years of experience or we need like this kind of certification. And I was yeah, like, I had the exact same experience, too. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like I'm going to be like I'm going to be 27 or 28 and like I'm not going to have any really good experience. I'm just going to be able to say like, yeah, I was a teacher. Like, I mean, I loved the job. I had a lot of fun. Like it was good money. Like I loved the place, but I kind of figured it was time to start thinking about the future. Okay, so you quit it being ALT, but did you have a, a job already ready for you, or what did you kind of... No, so actually, that was actually the hardest part, because I was in Miyazaki, which is like in the middle of nowhere, and so all the jobs I wanted were in Tokyo, pretty yeah. much. And like every place I would apply to would either, one, say no, we're only taking applications from people in Tokyo, or two, they'd be like, oh yeah, come do an interview in Tokyo, right? And, like, I even went to a couple, and, like, I got there, and they'd be like, so you can start next week, right? And I'm like, I literally said on my application, like, I have, like, six months left at this job. And they're like, oh, well, sorry. And then, like, the other problem is, like, because it was a one-year, the uh, the teacher's visa. Yeah. So 
the moment I quit that, I had to switch to a, what is it, the Tonki visa? The, like, yeah. The term visa, which is just a tourist visa, right? Yeah. And you're not supposed to work on it, but a lot of people do anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, basically, I just moved to Tokyo. I was renting a Leo Palace apartment because they rent by the month, which is really nice, but they're kind of expensive. And then just basically, like, searched for a job for a, about a month here, found this place and a couple others, and decided to go with this one. All right, cool. So let's get more into what you're doing now. So where you work in, you said Lang 8 before. What exactly, for someone that doesn't know what that is, what is that? So Lang 8 originally, our main, like our original service, it's basically a website called lang8.com. And you can write or kind of like post little blog entries or just like write about whatever you want, post it to the site. And then other users will come on and correct your language for you. Yeah, I've seen this before, and I've, I've actually never used it, but I want to know, like, what's the incentive for if you write something in Japanese and then a Japanese person flicks it, is it like kind of a point system, or how does it work? What's the, what's the draw? So, yeah, with laying A, there's a point system, so the more points you get, like, the higher your ranking kind of gets, and then, like, it helps to basically, like, we have a, que- or a, like, a post feed, and, like, the more points you have, the higher posts rank, and so the more likely they're going to be basically corrected. Okay, so if I if I if I check a lot of people's mine's gonna come up fast and then mine that I write myself in another language will definitely get looked at. Yeah. Not not definitely there's no hundred percent because it is user to user, but like more likely. And also just in terms of the community, because it's been around for seven years now, like the community tends to take care of like users who correct a lot of other people's stuff more than they do people who maybe have like fifty of their own posts and like have never corrected anyone's else's. Yeah, like I could imagine there'd be some people that try to use the system. Like, oh yeah. Well, I I have one I have one I don't know college yeah. project I need translated. Can you do this? You know. Yeah, right. And like I mean, like that's fine. Like that's it, that's part of the service as well. But it's definitely a give and take community. And like because you're teaching because you want to learn, it's good that you should be teaching people as well. So but, and it's totally free to create an account, right? Yeah, laying it is a hundred percent free to use. Except there is a premium service which i believe is seven dollars a month and And what do you get with that for that you get uh what's it called i think it's unlimited actually you can you get to post your post to the top of the feed and have them stick there and so they get like priority listing so they like are much 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 more likely to be seen by a lot of other users okay it's not guaranteed but like pretty much almost all of those posts are going to get corrected so so you said you work you work with lang eight yeah but there's a kind of a special thing you're doing an app i think right yeah and so i mean pretty much everyone here we're really focused on our new service which is called high native and like pretty much what we like to think of it as is like somewhat of a modernization and a bit of a simplification of what laying eight was and so the differences are there's an ios app and we're gonna have an android app soon it's in beta right now so everyone get excited and um yeah basically like you can ask anyone any language or cultural question you want from any language or any country in the world. That's the basis of it. And get a quick, pretty much like a real answer from a real human being who's a native speaker of that language. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so I have some questions. So if I'm, let's say I'm in, I'm in uh, Australia and I say, right. what's, a, what's a wallaby? Right. Who's going to answer my question? So again, same with Lang8, there are other users around the world who are checking these question feeds pretty much like every day. And hopefully, again, it's not 100% guaranteed, but currently we're at, I think it's like 80% or more answer rate for all questions. Oh, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, like it's really good. And some language pairs, like even the popular ones, like Japanese, uh, is almost a hundred percent. So like other users, again, are just like they're watching those question feeds, looking out for questions they want to answer, and they hop on and. Oh, okay, stuff. that's pretty cool. And it's the same yeah. system where if you answer questions, your questions get answered. Uh, currently, so it's only been out for about a year, and like currently, our team is so small that we haven't been able to instigate kind of the ranking and gamification systems yet, but. So currently, it's just like pretty much Twitter, except you're asking questions about languages and stuff. So now we know a little bit about what you do. Uh, what would your advice be to someone that wants to do something not teaching English in Japan? Like, how, what was your exact kind of method to do, to get a job that wasn't teaching? So yeah, pretty much. I guess you know it's like what it's 2015. Like everyone wants to work at a startup and like learn how to program and stuff yeah. like that. So. During my ALT days, just because I think a lot of people realize you have a lot more free time than other jobs, I think, especially after work and sometimes even during work. Oh, you definitely. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll take a couple of like quick like online courses in coding at, uh, I think I did Code Academy and like I did like maybe, I don't know, like three or four courses and was like, all right, now I'm like, I'm a super coding master. Like I don't need to do anything else. And then Slack for my last year. And then finally, once I got here, I realized like just how much more I should have learned. And like literally the fact that I had the opportunity to do all that stuff and just didn't do it because I was lazy. <laughs> okay. And so like I guess like use that free time, learn something. Like I, I'm super happy I did my, my uh, freelance translation because just being able to say like, I have a year and a half experience in translation was literally like my only job, like uh, what's it called experience that was like relevant to any of the jobs I was applying. You had the coding, a little bit of coding experience, you had training Mm -hmm. and then you had the translation experience. Yeah. And that was your kind of, that was on your, that was what your resume was when you were trying to get jobs. Yeah, pretty much. And then like people would kind of look at the ALT thing and be like, oh, that's cool. Like, was it fun? And I'd be like, yeah, it was was really fun. And like, I learned this and this and this, but mostly it was, uh, okay, you have translation experience and you have kind of like the drive to learn coding. So let's go from that. Cool. So, and obviously since you were a translator, your Japanese has to be, you know, pretty okay. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good. I mean, I guess like, Lots of ALTs go by the JLPT scale. And so, like, when I came to Japan that first year to be an ALT, I passed N2, and then I passed N1 the next year. Okay, so this is a question I get a lot from emails. Do you think the JLPT is important? For getting a job, sadly, yes. I think it's super important. Because I think until you can get in front of that interviewer, you know, and, like, get to that company and start talking to them and show them, like, how great you are at speaking and, like, what kind of like, I don't know, uh, what kind of like accent or dialect you learned in your little part of Japan. Like no one's really going to know how good you are at Japanese. And I should, at least from what I've seen, like all of those people who interviewed me were like, the first thing they say when I came in to be like, oh, N1, that's pretty good. Like, and so like, I, yeah, I think that's like a good basis, like N2, N1, or just like even just to show that you're studying Japanese, you know. Just True. Yeah. I think it's like, if, if that's the drive you need, then it's fine, you know, but yeah, you know. I mean, like I, God, I hated that test so much and studying for it. And again, like all the stuff you learn for that test is kind of useful, but not actually useful at all. Well, N one is like, there's like, you know, maybe 10%, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, Oh my God, some of those kanji, like I would show people when I was studying them and even all my Japanese friends were like, what? Yeah. Like you don't need to learn that. Like, well, I guess I think I do. <laughs> 
All right, Jeff, thanks for stopping by the podcast today. Is there anything you want to share with people that you want them to check out? Now is your chance to do so, so go ahead. All right, so yeah, basically everyone, if you are in Japan or anywhere in the world, you've got a question about another language or a question about another culture, you can jump on High Native right now and ask. There you go. Yeah. All right, Jeff, that was a really interesting uh, look into uh, definitely a job that's not teaching English that I think is, you know, it's not, it's, I think it's rare to, for a foreigner to be in a startup company. So it's got to be pretty exciting for you. So exciting and very stressful, exciting and stressful. What else do you want? It's all you need. All right, Jeff. Thanks a lot. And good luck with Lang8 and High Native. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the ALT Insider Podcast. For more info on how you can have more fun working in Japan, visit ALTinsider.com. See you next time. I edit all this out, don't worry. <laughs>